praise you. I thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy to us. I thank you for this opportunity that we have to draw closer to you, to know who you are. I'm praying, Lord, that through this message tonight that uh, we would draw closer to you, know you a little bit better, and be more like you. Lord, we'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And uh, as soon as that comes up, I'll be able to send it out to, to Facebook. So we'll just watch for that. Um, I just want to give you an update. Uh, I don't know if you all listened to the governor today or heard the governor, read what the governor had to say, but he has uh, done the stay at home um, uh, shelter, in, shelter in, in place or shelter in homes uh, until the 10th of April. And so I'm not sure uh, if that will get extended after that. I, I have a feeling that part of the reason he chose that date was because of the president's desire to start trying to do some things um, at Easter and get some things back up uh, for Easter. Um, but un so until then, at least uh, we'll be online and we're going to try to, we have so many of our members that are high risk uh, for immune system wise, whether it be diabetes or other issues um, that we're wanting to be extra cautious uh, with everything that we do so that we can, you know, be as safe as we possibly can and yet get together. So I, I think there's going to be some opportunities here in coming weeks. Um, now with this stay at home, even the small group concept is going to kind of be difficult to uh, incorporate but we want to encourage you to communicate with each other if you can. Um, uh, be uh, be uh, cognizant of your neighbors and make some phone calls if you need to, and, and who you see and what you're what you're able to do is always beneficial. We're going to continue to modify uh, some of the things that we have here, technologically speaking. This is wonderful to be able to see your faces, hear your voices all in one, one group. And, and we can have up to 100 people on this. So as we go forward, we're going to encourage our people to uh, get this and we'll get it figured out how to get it all working properly and uh, uh, be able to use it to the best of our ability. In fact, uh, a lot of companies are going to, to this kind of a mindset. They're having their meetings and uh, they have been having their meetings and things in this format. And so we're excited about being able to have that opportunity. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and start here. Uh, if you ever have any, we're actually it just stops. We may be going live now here on Facebook. Um, I'll have, uh, we're also recording for sure. And, and so um, I'm just taking a quick look here at the Facebook page. So we'll, uh, we'll either get that back up on Facebook. Uh, I see Tony has joined us, and uh, he can probably hear us. He just hasn't cleared his – I can hear him a little bit. So um, if you have technical difficulties, we understand. But I'm going to mute you as we get started, and you can just follow along. And, again, if you have a question, raise your hand, get my attention, uh, do whatever you need to do. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7, 
uh, I want to, uh, we talked a little bit uh, a couple of Sundays ago when I taught, um, we, we taught on the spirit of the Girgashite. And tonight I want to go, uh, I feel led to go one more step into uh, dealing with one of these groups of people that the Lord said needed to be driven out of the promised land. And uh, because it's, it, it, there's, there's something behind it. Uh, again, I'll, I'll just read first here. Uh, chapter 7, verse 1 in Deuteronomy. It said, When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are about to enter and occupy, he will clear away many nations ahead of you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. When the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them, you must completely destroy them, make no treaties with them, and show them no mercy. And there's other restrictions later on in Deuteronomy 7, uh, not to intermarry, uh, and, and there's reasons why. Uh, but I find it interesting, if you remember in biblical days, uh, the names of people, the names of people, uh, nations and countries meant something. It stood for something. And I, I find it interesting with the, the concept of the Hittite is who we want to talk about tonight. The Hittite, uh, if you look it up in Hebrew, it means uh, the sons of terror. It's a terroristic type spirit. It is a spirit that uh, uses deception. Uh, it is something that is uh, subliminal, it torments, it causes problems. Uh, it's where we get really even our phobias, uh, the concept of a phobia, uh, because, or de even some depression and things of that, because the concept of terror and the Hittite spirit, uh, because it's the sons of terror, it's a spirit of terror and torment, it's always related to that which is mysterious or that which is unknown that which is unseen, and it has to do with the things that your mind cannot see. Uh, there is phobias that we have. Now, I, my, one of my phobias is I'm afraid of heights, and uh, it's a, if you're in a safe setting, it's an irrational fear. Uh, now, if you're standing, you know, tiptoe on the top of a ladder that's leaning up against a weak wall, that's a different story, but just being high up is irrational if you're in a safe setting. Uh, and I remember when we lived in Kansas City, and even when I was a teenager, we'd go to St. Louis and going up in the arch there in St. Louis, and you get up there and you get in this little room where you can look out these windows and, and you're, you can feel actually the wind blowing and you can feel the arch move a little bit. And it could get, for me, it could get terrifying. And you'd, you'd inch over to try to look over the the little window to look out of the arch. And at the same time, you're like, okay, I think I might fall through the window, which is impossible to happen. And so it's a phobia. It's something that you get nervous about over that, which you cannot see that, which is an unknown to you. And, uh, and we do that all the time. We get worried about what we cannot see. And I don't want to make this lesson or this, this message out tonight to be about the, the virus that we're dealing with the, the situation that we're in, but it, it does certainly apply. I'm, I've heard about enough about the coronavirus, and it's 24/7 on the news, and it's in you know everywhere you go, and 
and, and all the businesses are talking about it. So this message really isn't about the coronavirus, but it does apply, I suppose, because it is like the president has called it an unseen enemy. It's you can't see the virus uh, unless you're a scientist under a microscope and you can't do any of that. So, but you can, it, it can become a fear of ours, a phobia of ours, not that it's irrational, but that it's unseen. It's a tormenting spirit. And um, the reason that, and, and I want to get into some things here because they're, the reason why the spirit of the Hittite is so damaging and so difficult to understand is because it messes with our soul. Our soul, if you would, if you, if you look at it or you can kind of picture it, our soul is divided up into three compartments, if you will. Uh, the soul is the seat of the, the, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And uh, in that three capacity purpose of our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, uh, the Hittite spirit, that, that spirit of the terrorist, knows that he's not going to mess with your mind very much. He's going to mess with your emotions. It's going to come in and it's going to deal with your emotional level because of some things that I'm going to share with here in a minute. But you have to understand that if you're looking on a, a, a picture, if you will, or if you're looking at me now, that's my right hand, but looking at the screen, it's the left. So just you'll have to picture this in your head because I can't figure out how to do it <laughs> for you. But if you can picture three things lined up, your, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your emotions are on the left side, your mind is on the right side, and your will is in the middle. And the battle for us, if you read Romans chapter 7 and 8, uh, where Paul talks about the battle between doing that which is right and that which is good and that which isn't and that which you want to do and you don't do it, all of that really is a battle between the mind and the emotions to get your will to make a decision. And... Uh, so in this thing called life, this thing that we're dealing with, we're dealing with it on a mind-emotion battle. The battle isn't necessarily to want to do sin or not to do sin. It's to what does your emotion want to do You're, or based off of what your mind wants to do and which one is being fed and strengthened the most will dictate what you will do. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm going to say some things tonight that, uh, I don't want you to to look at it as uh, well in certain left brain right brain more than left handed right handed. But the spirit of a Hittite is a left handed spirit. Uh, so if you're left handed, that doesn't mean you have the Hittite spirit. If you're right handed, it doesn't mean. But you'll understand the difference here in in a minute. I hope. Um, but the left handed spirit is an unseen spirit. Um, Science will tell you that your right arm is controlled by the part of the brain that is controlled or is in charge of logical reasoning, uh, that which is in data and facts and, and set up uh, specifically um, for that which is logical, if you will, where your left arm is operated by the part of the brain that is creative, that is intuitive, that processes things in a creative manner more than a data-driven manner. And, and so the, the right-handed brain, if you will, or the, right, the, the side of the brain that deals with the logic implies truth. It implies an application of laws based on truth. 
and laws by definition set boundaries. Uh, our legal system is set based off of boundaries of right, wrong. You can do this, you can't do that. And uh, this is right, this is wrong. It's, it, it limits us. It, it confines us. Law confines us into a system that is based off of whether it's right or wrong. It's, it's, it's the law. It's, it's that which is applied to our lives to set a boundary or a dimension that hinders the freedom to just do what you want to do and go where you want to go. And so the left-hand side of the, the brain that, that deals with the creative, intuitive processes of things is the uh, mindset that where freedom is found, where life is found, where, where um, the parameters or the boundaries of a set established thought process is not there. It, it, it spills over, if you will. And it's the reason why somebody that is based off of uh, the laws and the boundaries and the principles, and that's how they operate their life, they tend not to be run by their emotions. They tend to be run by the data that they process, where somebody that is more creative, uh, singers, poets, artists, all of those kinds of people, they operate from the brain that says that they want to be creative, they want to be free, they want to be liberating. And, and so they operate more on an emotional base than they do on a uh, logical base. And so instead of limitation, the left-handed or the left side of the, of the body, if you will, tends to operate beyond limitation. And that's why uh, I, I say tonight that the Hittite spirit is a left-handed spirit. It operates on the left-hand side of us in that creative measure, in that intuitive measure, in that emotional base, because if it can feed and distort your emotions based uh, in competition with your mind, the data, the established truth, it's going to get you to accomplish or to do your will based off of the emotion of the situation. Uh, let me just, if you can just kind of picture a chart with uh, left on one side or right on the other, and I want to give you some some opposing statements, if you will. The left side is about spirit. The right side is about truth, okay? Uh, the, the left side is about grace. The right side is about law. The left side is about freedom. The right side is about limitation. The left side is about life. The right side is about death. Um, the left side seeks new unknown facts and the right side tries to base everything off of established truth. And uh, the left side, they are intuitively random. They don't mind just uh, doing whatever and going wherever, where the right-minded person is, not right-minded, the right side of the brain is a structured deal. The left side is unseen, the right is seen, the left likes secrecy, the right side likes public, the left side likes hearing, the right side likes seeing. And the, the, the battle that we have is not that one is better than the other, but they're supposed to be there. God created us there so that it would be balanced. And so what I'm talking about tonight is the fact that the Hittite spirit, that spirit of terror, will get into us and it will, it will come in the unseen side. It will come in the left side where, where the freedom and the grace and all of those kinds of things operate and need to operate, 
but it causes confusion on the emotions. And so in, in this season that we're in with the coronavirus, we have people that are living in fear based off of something that they cannot control because their mind doesn't, isn't pushing the button on the other side saying God's in control. And, and so it, it's, it's not that they're wrong because it's something to be fearful. We've got people that we know all across America are, are fighting this disease. We have a, uh, we have a uh, friend of ours, a, an evangelist friend of ours that has uh, just been put uh, into a, a, a coma state. Uh, and we've been praying for him. Uh, they're hoping that within a couple of days that they can get this virus out of his lungs. We just saw it on Facebook this afternoon, late this afternoon. And uh, so we're excited about the opportunity that God can heal and deliver. But at the same time, our fears or our precautions are necessary, especially for those that are at high risk. And so it's not that it's wrong or not that it's right, but at the same time, the Bible says he didn't give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of love and of a sound mind. And so there's the battle that goes between the right and the left of our thinking. And that's, that's what I'm trying to talk about tonight. Because if we allow the spirit of the Hittite to get into our emotions, what ends up happening is we get stuck operating on an emotional level, which in our emotions, like you've heard me say a million times, our emotions lie to us. Um, so if the mind is on the right side of our will and our, the left side of, is, is the emotion on the left, there is a battle going on, not simply by wanting to do right or wrong, but it's a battle between the emotions and the mind to dictate what our will is going to do. And uh, it's the reason why Jesus didn't say, not my mind, but your mind, not my emotions, but your emotions. He said, not my will, but your will be done. The will of our soul is more important than our mind or our uh, emotions because our mind and our emotions can change. It can operate differently, but the will is how are we going to live? How are we going to operate our lives? And not just in a season like we're in now, but 24, 7, 365 for the next 25 years. How are we going to operate? What are we going to do? What's going to be the will of who we are? And so, um, the person that obviously with the left operates in the emotions, Hittites then attack the emotion of people and always make an effort to go unseen by the mind. It's, it's that battle that's in between us. So in John chapter 4, verse 24, the Bible says that we are to worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay? If you've ever wondered what that means, in spirit is your emotions. It's an emotional life-giving. It's the thing that animates us. The truth is the established facts. It's the left and the right of our, of our soul, if you will. And God is wanting us to worship him in spirit and in truth, because if we operate in spirit and in truth, the will of who we are will come under submission to his will, and things will begin to be incredibly awesome, because he, he can obviously work in such a way that we can't work. And so then if you look over, and, and, and so here's, here's where we get it wrong as, even as Christians, as preachers, as teachers, is we get the process wrong. We do everything backwards. I've said that a million times. We do everything backwards of what God does, okay? Uh, 
from the, the concept of wages. We think we should work for 40 hours and then get paid for those 40 hours where God operates with, I'm going to give you this, now you go and, and, and do it. I, I'm going to bless you, now you live in the blessings that I've given you, where we're on an we're on a earn this system where uh, you do it, then I'll pay where it's a reward system where God gives the reward prior to that's why he gives us the gifts and callings before we actually step into them. He equips us to the thing that he's wanting us to be in and we get the system backwards. And it's the same thing with this. If we would recognize what God is trying to say to us, our mind needs to be the thing that originates all of our actions, and then our emotions is what gives that spirit, uh, that life to it, and allows the will of our, our will, our desires, to then be dictated by the things of God. Where we get it backwards too often, we look at our situation, we look at what we're going through, what we're dealing with, and we say, well, I don't feel like this is right. We haven't taken the step back. To the point where even when we are living our lives and God is, you know, we, we feel not, we feel unworthy, which in reality, none of us are worthy except God has declared us to be worthy. And uh, he has chosen us. He has called us his royal priesthood, a holy nation. It's what God decides, not what we decide, but we get lost in the emotion because we've messed up. We've made mistake. We've treated people wrong. We've done done things that we shouldn't have done. And in the back of our mind is, how could God ever really love me? How could God ever really accept me? How could he ever really be a part of what I'm doing? Because uh, that just doesn't make sense to me because we are operating on an emotional level where our emotional level is saying that this isn't right. But if we take a step back from our emotions and say, this is what the word of God says, this is the established truth that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And, and so we get the system back or the process backwards. Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says it the right way. He says it this way. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and then all things will be added to you. So truth, if you will, produces death. Established facts produces death. The word of God in, in, in the Old Testament, it, it, what it does is it identifies that you and I are not in right standing with God. It's death. It's separation. It produces death. Not natural physical death, but a spiritual death. We are separated from the Lord. And so truth produces the need for us to die out to ourselves so that we can live in him. And so the mind then dies out to our, uh, has to make the conscious decision to say, not my will, but thy will be done. It's the dying out in our, it's uh, Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is the thing that will dictate uh, what appropriately dictate what needs to happen, but then it will, God will lead it. If we start on that side, God will lead us into that emotional side. So the things that I do um, allow us to, to be blessed by God because of the established facts that, that we have died out to. And so uh, the Hittite spirit will attack on the opposite side 
which are free and life and, and all kinds of the feel good. And it directs our will then to tell us how to think instead of how the other way around. We've got it backwards. And so what ends up happening is the left dictates to the right. And I'm not talking politically, thank God. The left dictates to the right, but creative dictates to the established and all of a sudden, we begin to question all the established truths of, this, of the Word of God because it just doesn't make sense. How many have ever questioned, how does God allow all the bad things to happen in the world? And what that is, is that's coming from an emotional side, and it makes us question the will of God on the, the, the mind side or the thinking side, when in all actuality, the Bible says explicitly that God is good that God is love, and if God is good and God is love, he's not the one that, it, or, or he's the one that has everything in control, but that's why things, it's not like he's saying, okay, I'm going to put this on you and put this on you and put this on you. That, that's from emotional basis. Instead, we say, okay, he's allowing me to go through this because he's teaching me this, and because he is good, he's going to get me to the other side of whatever I'm dealing with, and because he's going to get me to the other side of whatever I'm going to deal with, he knows what's right. God, teach me in this moment of, of struggle. And, and so the Hittite will tell you, well, it's not fair. It will cause you to, to, to question the things of God because uh, if truth produces death, nobody likes to die. Nobody likes to give up their will. I would venture to say that 99.99 repeating percent of people are stubborn. We're all a little stubborn. We're all a little, and some of you are laughing because some of you might be more stubborn than others, but we're all a little stubborn. We're all, we're all, we all have those things that we lock onto, that we hold onto, that, that we, we're, we're, we're not going to let up. And, and because of that, what ends up happening is uh, we don't like to die out to ourselves. We don't like to give up. We don't like to give up our ideas, our will, our, our joys. And, but here's the thing that we don't understand is that God doesn't operate that way. God operate, operates first by the thought side that dictates his will, and then his will produces the proper emotion. At the beginning, the Bible says that God, his spirit hovered over the darkness of the deep, and then he spoke in, and then he saw that it was good. Okay? A thought precedes an action, and action produces an emotion. And that principle from the very beginning of time has to carry over into everything that we do. The thought precedes the action or the will, which produces the emotion. If all of us could ever get to the place where we lived our lives from a mindset that his word is true, no matter what is going on around us, it allows us to die out to our will and say, God, your will be done. And when his will begins to be done, what ends up happening then is all of a sudden our emotions will follow. It's the reason why when we begin to worship, all of a sudden we get that feeling or that release, that joy, that peace, that contentment. The reason is, is not because we're coming to it from an emotional standpoint, but the emotion is the revelation or the release or the expression of the understanding that God is in control became based off of an established truth of the word of God. I find this interesting. And, uh, you know, I teach on the five process, five step process of 
biblical interpretation, word, verse, chapter, book, Bible, and, and, and go through that process to find out what the scripture said. But there is some principles that I believe that you can take and, and establish some thought processes. And one of those that I find interesting is uh, that Hebrew language was written from right to left, where Western is written from left to right. Uh, and so even in the Hebrew language was lit, written from uh, right to left, I believe that God is, wants us to understand his process. It's from right to left and not from, for instance, how many have ever understood that when you look at a map or you look at a globe, the sun comes up on the right and goes down on the left, comes up in the east, goes down in the west. Uh, this, those principles that God has even placed into us from the right to left. In other words, when you apply some of the principles or the actions that God created, it allows us to see, okay, if God's thinking that, and if the book of Genesis says that we were created in his image, shouldn't we have that kind of mindset? In fact, Paul said it this way, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Think the way Christ thought, and if you'll think the way Christ thought, you'll do the will of Christ, and if you do the will of Christ, you will receive the joy and the emotions of being able to do that, and all of a sudden, uh, your worship, your life, your, it, give, it breathes life into you, it bring, brings joy to you, and you become a brand new creature, not because your emotions change, but because your mind changed. And so we have to understand those mindsets or those concepts from the right to the left. The prophets of old tended to be those, the good prophets, there were false prophets, but the, the right prophets in the Old Testament tended to be those that operated on uh, basic biblical truths first, and then they began to speak. And as they began to speak, the things began to be revealed, and it either caused great joy or great consternation, depending on what they were preaching. But they were prophesying on uh, the truth side of things. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, they told what, what thus said the word of the Lord in those days, that day and age. And, and it was always, for the most part, uh, there was always a statement of not condemnation, but of correction that then proceeded and produced uh, a joy and a, a, a revelation of who he was, even through all of the different uh, captivities of the Old Testament and things, the prophets would speak out and, and say things. Um, in fact, if you read Second Chronicles 18, I won't read it tonight, but there's a conversation that, that takes place between Ahab and Jehoshaphat, and Ahab, and they're wanting to call the prophets. And there was one prophet that was there, his name was Micah, that Ahab did not want to hear. And it explicitly says in Scripture that Ahab told Jehoshaphat, this is the reason why I don't want to hear him, because he never tells me anything good. He never tells me anything that I want to hear. And uh, that's, the pro that's the spirit of the Hittite. The spirit of the Hittite will always tell you what you think you want to hear instead of what you really need to hear. What you need to hear is this is what God is expecting, this is what God wants, and if you'll listen to that and you allow your will to respond to that, you're going to be okay. But if you want to just get what you want, um, it, it may not work out so well for you. So Ahab said, no, I don't want Micah because Micah's not going to tell me what I want to hear. He's going to tell me what is, is truth. So I'm saying all that tonight to say this. Um, 
Emotion is not bad. Emotion is of God. God created it. I'm thankful for emotions. I'm thankful for joy-based emotion. I I don't believe that joy itself is an emotion. It's a state of mind. But happiness and uh, elation and being glad and, and, and being able to express the joy that's in us and feeling good and and just the little bit that we've had to be able to talk with one another tonight and to share this lesson with us tonight. Uh, but that is exciting to me to be able to see you and to hear your voices. And But here, here's the reality of everything is everything that is produced in our emotions, we have to recognize or evaluate where does that emotion, that emotional increase or that emotional level, where does that start from? Is it starting from the the established truth of the word of God, or is it being spoken by the Hittite spirit that's trying to get you to ignore the established word of God? Because if it can get you to ignore it, then your will is going to be dictated not by what God is saying, but by what you're feeling. And when that begins to take place, then we have uh, issues. Hmm. Um, I, 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 I think it's like this. If you watch documentaries or even commercials um hollywood knows how to play on our emotions and there are people that out of a good intention have made decisions um and have caused sometimes problems in their lives um for instance i you, you know you have some of the commercials that come on whether it be feeding the hungry children or saving and rescuing the animals and the thing that comes in it is it tugs at your heart and you want to make an emotional i've sat through conferences and conventions where we've had the uh presentation and you just you're you're so moved in that moment and the emotional level of uh of being able to support a child or a ministry or whatever it is and all of a sudden you're committing to something based off of the emotion of that moment even though you really can't afford it and even though it's really not necessarily a wise thing at that moment in time, was the, was the ministry or the, the, the situation worthy? Was it good? Was it, is it needed? Yes. Was it, were they twisting your arm? No. But what ends up happening is, is we have operate, we were operating and making our decisions based off the tugging of our emotions instead of saying, okay, this is what I can do. And I'm going to balance that. And if I can do it, then I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to get myself into trouble doing that, which isn't uh, healthy for me because I've got to come from the point of the mindset that God is dictating to the way I think so that I act and release and produce the emotion that God is wanting. Uh, think about it this way. It must have been an extremely exciting day for the Israelites when the walls of Jericho began to shake and come down. I can't imagine what that feeling must have been like when all of a sudden the earth around them started to rumble and, and the walls began to shake and all of a sudden the walls began to, to come down and there was a great shout of praise and a great war cry and a great time of worship, I'm sure. Um, but what preceded that? What preceded that was simply the thing that God said to do this through Joshua. Walk around, don't say anything. Walk around the city one time every day. Don't say, don't even whisper to one another. Don't say any noise, don't do anything. And it didn't make sense. It wasn't logical. 
it, it was, but their mindset was if Joshua said it and God told Joshua, then that's what we're going to do. And so they walked and they walked and they walked to the seventh day. They walked around without saying anything seven times. And then they shouted and the walls began to come down. Can you imagine what would have happened on the third day if they would have said this, this is, this doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to start talking to my neighbor. I'm going to make my own. What would have, what would have been the decree from God other than that the walls would not have come down. They wouldn't have been able to celebrate that great victory. So the mindset is this, I don't feel like walking another day and being silent, but my mind is telling me Joshua's correct and God is correct. So I'm going to do it because I know that that's what's, that's the established directive from the Lord. And it's going to produce a great celebration instead of walking around and saying, Oh, this doesn't make sense. I'm so, my feet hurt. I feel like talking. I, you know, some of you that like to talk all the time, you would have been miserable for those seven days. And, and, and so, but, but their emotion would have been, this is just ridiculous. I'm, I'm done. Well, if that would have been that way for that moment of time, they would have felt better because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. But in that moment of time, they were also denying themselves the victory or the celebration. So tonight I want to challenge you to come against the spirit of the Hittite, come against the spirit of that which is trying to get into your emotional base because your emotional base is of God. It's powerful. It's anointed, but it's got to be anointed and powerful based off of the established word of God by the transformation of your mind that will allow your will to do what God says to do. And when God says to do it, then all of a sudden it's going to be powerful and you're going to be able to uh, rejoice in the victories that God has. There are things that are happening all around the world, not just with this virus and the economy and all of the things that are, are, are going on in the world. It can get overwhelming emotionally. Can I just tell you, it's, it has blown my mind because um, what we don't understand, what we haven't necessarily recognized, we talked a little bit when we met with uh, the praise team last week, and we made the statement, but in all of the things that we've done, we've literally actually only missed two services, Sunday and tonight. Now, we missed a college class and a chain breakers, but last Wednesday night was an unscheduled, we didn't have anything scheduled, in, so, and we had church the Sunday before. So we've missed two services, and it seems emotionally, it seems like we've been gone for two months and we haven't been together for two months. And so emotionally, it can tell us, it can drain us, it can push us down. And the challenge is not to manufacture feeling better. The way to accomplish this is to think better. Think this is an opportunity for me to draw closer to God. Uh, I, I preached a couple of weeks ago, isolation always precedes presentation. And I found it interesting. Um, one of my, our pastor friends, uh, Pastor Suber posted today that God is getting ready to represent the church. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that God is taking this time, this season, while it feels rough and it feels restrictive and it feels that it's, it's cutting us off. It's, it's hindering everything that we were trying to do. I will say this, um, the feelings are real and the feelings are rough. And as we go forward, those that are dealing on economical levels, the feelings will even grow greater. Uh, the stress we've, we've laid off at our, our place, 
businesses all around the, the community are questioning how to operate and how to move forward. And, and the politicians are trying to figure things out. And the medical field is trying to figure things out. And emotionally, it can be very draining, very tiring. But that's when our mind has to be, here's, here's the principle. The word of God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The word of God says, I am the great shepherd. The word of God says that I, Jehovah, am your provider. The, the Bible says that uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out casting uh, or bread, casting for bread. I, I, the Bible says that he is the light and the life. The Bible says that he is the first, the last, the beginning, the end, that which was and is and is to come. The Bible says that he is the one that controls all things. He sets up things. He puts things down. He's the one that allows things. Uh, I can get, um, even as I'm talking this and saying this, I can feel my emotional level lifting because I'm addressing it from the mindset of what the established truth is, the established word of God is, and my emotions get lifted, and I look at things in a better light because, not because I feel better, but because I think better. And when I think better, then I will eventually feel better. It's the reason why Paul said in Philippians 4 to think on these things, that which is good, pure, righteous, and, and, and all of those other things that he lists there of good report. Because Paul understood the soul issue. He understood the battle between the emotions and the mind would dictate what your will does. That's why when you read Romans in his letter to the Roman church, that battle that goes on between the emotional side of his brain and the, and the thinking side of his brain and that battle that go, he understood that. And yet he said this, I know how to both be abased and how to abound. I'm content with whatsoever I have. In this season, it's hard to be content with not being able to go where we're used to going, gathering where we're used to gathering, being together when we're used to being together. But as long as our mindset is in this moment, in this season, God, help me to see what you're doing behind the scenes. Help me to hear your voice in this day. Then when God begins to do it, it's going to seem even more powerful. It's going to be more uh, anointed, if you will, because our emotional level will be at the place where it can accept what God is doing. Every church around the world is having to ask itself, are we so confined with our emotional-based relationship with God, that we're up and down, hills and valleys, and we all have them to a certain extent. But God, I think, is trying to challenge us to change the paradigm of how we look at things. God is true. God is righteous. God is a promise giver and a promise keeper. And God knows exactly where we're at, whether it be financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, where our families are, what's going on. And so our challenge tonight is not to get swallowed up by the Hittite spirit that will mess with your emotion, that will tell you that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't care, that I don't understand this, I don't understand that. It's the time, the, the way that the Hittite uh, spirit is destroyed is when we become people that think from the right side first. We think from the mind side first. We think of the established truth of God's word. I stand, there's an old song that used to say, standing on the promises. 
of God, my Savior. I stand on his word tonight. I stand on his truth tonight. I stand on his promises tonight. I know who he is. I'm going to follow after him. I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. And in this season, I want to challenge each of you, whether it be in your families, whether it be on your own individually, whether it be in uh, a small group setting, uh, as we go through this and we grow our technological base uh, at Spirit of Grace Church, and we, we, you know, this is, we've wanted to do some of these things for a long time, and now out of necessity, we're doing them. And uh, being able to supply some of this online and things of that nature, we're getting to that place. I will tell you that uh, Destiny Ministries has been a great resource for us, and uh, um, they're posting all of the time of different ideas and different things that we can do, and, and not all of their ideas meet where we're at and, and what we need, but there's so many out there that, that we're going to come through this, and it's going to be a powerful testimony to the, the, the power and the anointing of God. So tonight, what I want to do is, in this last couple minutes is if you would just, in your own way, whether it be closing your eyes, even raising your hands, however it is, just reach out to him for just a minute. Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would just allow the power and the presence of the Almighty God to settle into our spirit right now. I'm asking you to let the peace that passes all understanding uh, walk into every corner of our heart and our mind. Lord, help us to be right thinkers. Help us to stand on your word and let your word direct our will so that our emotions and the emotional side of us that you created can be in the emotion that you want us to be, an emotion of rejoicing. Your word says to rejoice evermore. Lord, to be a grateful heart in everything, give thanks. Lord, we want to be what you want us to be. In this season, teach us. Lord, while we're separated by space, help us to be united in spirit. Help us, Lord God, to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And allow us, O oh God, to become one. I praise you. I thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy to us. I thank you for this opportunity that we have to draw closer to you, to know who you are. I'm praying, Lord, that through this message tonight that uh, we would draw closer to you, know you a little bit better, and be more like you. Lord, we'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And uh, as soon as that comes up, I'll be able to send it out to, to Facebook. So we'll just watch for that. Um, I just want to give you an update. Uh, I don't know if you all listened to the governor today or heard the governor, read what the governor had to say, but he has uh, done the stay at home um, uh, shelter, in, shelter in, in place or shelter in homes uh, until the 10th of April. And so I'm not sure uh, if that will get extended after that. I, I have a feeling that part of the reason he chose that date was because of the president's desire to start trying to do some things um, at Easter and get some things back up uh, for Easter. Um, but un so until then, at least uh, we'll be online and we're going to try to, we have so many of our members that are high risk uh, for immune system wise, whether it be diabetes or other issues um, that we're wanting to be extra cautious 
with everything that we do so that we can, you know, be as safe as we possibly can and yet get together. So I, I think there's going to be some opportunities here in coming weeks. Um, now with this stay at home, even the small group concept is going to kind of be difficult to uh, incorporate. But we want to encourage you to communicate with each other if you can. Um, Be, uh, be uh, cognizant of your neighbors and make some phone calls if you need to and, and who you see and what you're, what you're able to do is always beneficial. We're going to continue to modify uh, some of the things that we have here, technologically speaking. This is wonderful to be able to see your faces, hear your voices all in one, one group and, and we can have up to 100 people on this. So as we go forward, we're going to encourage our people to uh, get this and we'll get it figured out how to get it all working properly and uh, uh, be able to use it to the best of our ability. In fact, uh, a lot of companies are going to, to this kind of a mindset. They're having their meetings and they're, uh, they have been having their meetings and things in, in, in this format. And so we're excited about being able to have that opportunity. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and start here. Uh, if you ever have any, we're actually it just stops. So we may be going live now here on Facebook. Um, I'll have, uh, we're also recording for sure. And, and so, um, just taking a quick look here at the Facebook page. So we'll, uh, we'll either get that back up on Facebook uh, I see Tony has joined us, and uh, he can probably hear us. He just hasn't cleared his – I can hear him a little bit. So um, if you have technical difficulties, we understand. But I'm going to mute you as we get started, and you can just follow along. And, again, if you have a question, raise your hand, get my attention, uh, do whatever you need to do. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Deuteronomy Chapter 7, uh, I want to uh, – we talked a little bit. Uh, a couple of Sundays ago when I taught, um, we, we taught on the spirit of the Girgashite. And tonight I want to go, uh, I feel led to go one more step into uh, dealing with one of these groups of people that the Lord said needed to be driven out of the promised land. And uh, because it's, it, it, there's, there's something behind it. Uh, again, I'll, I'll just read first here, uh, chapter 7, verse 1 in Deuteronomy. said, When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are about to enter and occupy, he will clear away many nations ahead of you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. When the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them, you must completely destroy them, make no treaties with them, and show them no mercy. And there's other restrictions later on in Deuteronomy 7, uh, not to intermarry, uh, and, and there's reasons why. Uh, but I find it interesting, if you remember in biblical days, uh, the names of people, the names of people, uh, nations and countries meant something. It stood for something. And I, I find it interesting with the, the concept of the Hittite is who we want to talk about 
tonight. The Hittite, uh, if you look it up in Hebrew, it means uh, the sons of terror. It's a terroristic type spirit. It is a spirit that uh, uses deception. Uh, it is something that is uh, subliminal. It torments. It causes problems. Uh, it's where we get really even our phobias, uh, the concept of a phobia, uh, because or de even some depression and things of that, because the concept of terror and the Hittite spirit, uh, because it's the sons of terror, it's a spirit of terror and torment, it's always related to that which is mysterious or that which is unknown, that which is unseen. And it has to do with the things that your mind cannot see. Uh, there is phobias that we have. Now, I, my, one of my phobias is I'm afraid of heights. And uh, it's a, if you're in a safe setting, it's an irrational fear. Uh, now, if you're standing you know, tiptoe on the top of a ladder that's leaning up against a weak wall, that's a different story. But just being high up is irrational if you're in a safe setting. Uh, and I remember when we lived in Kansas City, and even when I was a teenager, we'd go to St. Louis, and going up in the arch there in St. Louis, and you get up there and you get in this little room where you can look out these windows and, and you're, you can feel actually the wind blowing and you can feel the arch move a little bit. And it could get, for me, it could get terrifying. And you'd, you'd inch over to try to look over the, the little window to look out of the arch. And at the same time, you're like, okay, I think I might fall through the window, which is impossible to happen. And so it's a phobia. It's something that you get nervous about over that which you cannot see, that which is an unknown to you. And, uh, and we do that all the time. We get worried about what we cannot see. And I don't want to make this lesson or this, this message out tonight to be about the, the virus that we're dealing with, the, the situation that we're in, but it, it does certainly apply. I'm, I've heard about enough about the coronavirus and it's 24/7 on the news, and it's in you know everywhere you go, and, and and all the businesses are talking about it. So this message really isn't about the coronavirus, but it does apply, I suppose, because it is like the president has called it an unseen enemy. It's you can't see the virus uh, unless you're a scientist under a microscope, and you can't do any of that. So, but you can it, it can become a fear of ours, a phobia of ours. Not that it's irrational, but that it's unseen. It's a tormenting spirit, and. Um, the reason that, and I want to get into some things here, because the reason why the spirit of the Hittite is so damaging and so difficult to understand is because it messes with our soul. Our soul, if you, would, if you, if you look at it or you can kind of picture it, our soul is divided up into three compartments, if you will. Uh, the soul is the seat of the, the, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And uh, in that three capacity purpose of our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, uh, the Hittite spirit, that, that spirit of the terrorist, knows that he's not going to mess with your mind very much. He's going to mess with your emotions. It's going to come in and it's going to deal with your emotional level because of some things that I'm going to share with here in a minute. But you have to understand that if you're looking on a, a picture, if you will, or if you're looking at me now, that's my right hand, but looking at the screen, it's the left. So 
just, you'll have to picture this in your head because I can't figure out how to do it <laughs> for you. But if you can picture three things lined up, your, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your emotions are on the left side, your mind is on the right side, and your will is in the middle. And the battle for us, if you read Romans chapter 7 and 8, uh, where Paul talks about the battle between doing that which is right and that which is good and that which isn't and that which you want to do and you don't do it, all of that really is a battle between the mind and the emotions to get your will to make a decision. And uh, so in this thing called life, this thing that we're dealing with, we're dealing with it on a mind-emotion battle. The battle isn't necessarily to want to do sin or not to do sin. It's to what does your emotion want to do You're, or based off of what your mind wants to do and which one is being fed and strengthened the most will dictate what you will do. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm going to say some things tonight that uh, I don't want you to, to look at it as, uh, well, in certain left brain, right brain, more than left-handed, right-handed. But the spirit of a Hittite is a left-handed spirit. Uh, so if you're left-handed, that doesn't mean you have the Hittite spirit. If you're right-handed, it doesn't mean but you'll understand the difference here in, in a minute, I hope. Um, but the left-handed spirit is an unseen spirit. Um, science will tell you that your right arm is controlled by the part of the brain that is controlled or is in charge of logical reasoning, uh, that which is in data and facts and, and set up uh, specifically um, for that which is logical, if you will, where your left arm is operated by the part of the brain that is creative, that is intuitive, that processes things in a creative manner more than a data-driven manner. And, and so the, the right-handed brain, if you will, or the, right, the, the side of the brain that deals with the logic implies truth, it implies an application of laws based on truth, and laws, by definition, set boundaries. Uh, our legal system is set based off of boundaries of right, wrong, you can do this, you can't do that, and uh, this is right, this is wrong. It's, it, it limits us, it, it confines us. Law confines us into a system that is based off of whether it's right or wrong. It's, it's, it's the law. It's, it's that which is applied to our lives to set a boundary or a dimension that hinders the freedom to just do what you want to do and go where you want to go. And so the left-hand side of the, the brain that, that deals with the creative, intuitive processes of things is the uh, mindset that where freedom is found, where life is found, where, where um, the parameters or the boundaries of a set established thought process is not there. It, it, it spills over, if you will. And it's the reason why somebody that is based off of uh, the laws and the boundaries and the principles, and that's how they operate their life, they tend not to be run by their emotions. They tend to be run by the data that they process where somebody that is more creative, uh, singers, poets, artists, all of those kinds of people, they operate from the brain that says, 
that they want to be creative, they want to be free, they want to be liberating. And, and so they operate more on an emotional base than they do on a uh, logical base. And so instead of limitation, the left-handed or the left side of the, of the body, if you will, tends to operate beyond limitation. And that's why uh, I, I say tonight that the Hittite spirit is a left-handed spirit. It operates on the left-hand side of us in that creative measure, in that intuitive measure, in that emotional base, because if it can feed and distort your emotions based uh, in competition with your mind, the data, the established truth, it's going to get you to accomplish or to do your will based off of the emotion of the situation. Uh, let me just, if you can just kind of picture a chart with uh, left on one side or right on the other, and I want to give you some, some opposing statements, if you will. The left side is about spirit. The right side is about truth. Okay. Uh, the, the left side is about grace. The right side is about law. The left side is about freedom. The right side is about limitation. The left side is about life. The right side is about death. Um, the left side seeks new unknown facts, and the right side tries to base everything off of established truth. And uh, the left side, they are intuitively random. They don't mind just... Uh, doing whatever and going wherever, where the right-minded person is, not right-minded, the right side of the brain is a structured deal. The left side is unseen, the right is seen, the left likes secrecy, the right side likes public, the left side likes hearing, the right side likes seeing. And the, the, the battle that we have is not that one is better than the other, but they're supposed to be there. God created us there so that it would be balanced. And so what I'm talking about tonight is the fact that the Hittite spirit, that spirit of terror will get into us and it will, it will come in the unseen side. It will come in the left side where, where the freedom and the grace and all of those kinds of things operate and need to operate, but it causes confusion on the emotions. And so in, in this season that we're in with the coronavirus, we have people that are living in fear based off of something that they cannot control because their mind doesn't, isn't pushing the button on the other side saying God's in control. And, and so it's, it's not that they're wrong because it's something to be fearful. We've got people that we know all across America are, are fighting this disease. We have a, uh, we have a uh, friend of ours, a, an evangelist friend of ours that has uh, just been put uh, into a, a, a coma state. Uh, and we've been praying for him. Uh, they're hoping that within a couple of days that they can get this virus out of his lungs. We just saw it on Facebook this afternoon, late this afternoon. And uh, so we're excited about the opportunity that God can heal and deliver. But at the same time, our fears or our precautions are necessary, especially for those that are at high risk. And so it's not that it's wrong or not that it's right, but at the same time, the Bible says he didn't give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of love and of a sound mind. And so there's the battle that goes between the right and the left of our thinking. And that's, that's what I'm trying to talk about tonight, because if we allow the spirit of the Hittite to get into our emotions, what ends up happening is we get stuck 
operating on an emotional level, which in our emotions, like you've heard me say a million times, our emotions lie to us. Um, so if the mind is on the right side of our will and our, the left side of, is, is the emotion on the left, there is a battle going on, not simply by wanting to do right or wrong, but it's a battle between the emotions and the mind to dictate what our will is going to do. And uh, it's the reason why Jesus didn't say, not my mind, but your mind, not my emotions, but your emotions. He said, not my will, but your will be done. The will of our soul is more important than our mind or our uh, emotions because our mind and our emotions can change. It can operate differently. But the will is how are we going to live? How are we going to operate our lives? And not just in a season like we're in now, but 24-7, 365 for the next 25 years. How are we going to operate? What are we going to do? What's going to be the will of who we are? And so um, the person that op obviously with the left operates in the emotions, Hittites then attack the emotion of people and always make an effort to go unseen by the mind. It's, it's that battle that's in between us. So in John chapter 4, verse 24, the Bible says that we are to worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay? If you've ever wondered what that means, in spirit is your emotions. It's an emotional life-giving. It's the thing that animates us. The truth is the established facts. It's the left and the right of our, of our soul, if you will. And God is wanting us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Because if we operate in spirit and in truth, the will of who we are will come under submission to his will, and things will begin to be incredibly awesome, because he, he can obviously work in such a way that we can't work. And so then if you look over, and, and, and so here's, here's where we get it wrong, as even as Christians, as preachers, as teachers, is we get the process wrong. We do everything backwards. I've said that a million times. We do everything backwards of what God does, okay? Uh, from the, the concept of wages, we think we should work for 40 hours and then get paid for those 40 hours where God operates with, I'm going to give you this, now you go and, and, and do it. I, I'm going to bless you, now you live in the blessings that I've given you, where we're on an we're on a earn this system where uh, you do it, then I'll pay where it's a reward system where God gives the reward prior to that's why he gives us the gifts and callings before we actually step into them. He equips us to the thing that he's wanting us to be in and we get the system backwards. And it's the same thing with this. If we would recognize what God is trying to say to us, our mind needs to be the thing that originates all of our actions, and then our emotions is what gives that spirit, uh, that life to it, and allows the will of our, our will, our desires, to then be dictated by the things of God. Where we get it backwards too often, we look at our situation, we look at what we're going through, what we're dealing with, and we say, well, I don't feel like this is right. We haven't taken the step back, to the point where even when we are living our lives and God is, you know, we, we feel not, we feel unworthy, which in reality, none of us are worthy except God has declared us to be worthy. And uh, 
he has chosen us. He has called us his royal priesthood, a holy nation. It's what God decides, not what we decide. But we get lost in the emotion because we've messed up, we've made mistake, we've treated people wrong, we've done done things that we shouldn't have done. And in the back of our mind is, how could God ever really love me? How could God ever really accept me? How could he ever really be a part of what I'm doing? Because uh, that just doesn't make sense to me because we are operating on an emotional level where our emotional level is saying that this isn't right. But if we take a step back from our emotions and say, this is what the word of God says, this is the established truth that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And, and so we get the system back or the process backwards. Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says it the right way. He says it this way. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and then all things will be added to you. So truth, if you will, produces death. Established facts produces death. The word of God in, in, in the Old Testament, it, it, what it does is it identifies that you and I are not in right standing with God. It's death. It's separation. It produces death. Not natural physical death, but a spiritual death. We are separated from the Lord. And so truth produces the need for us to die out to ourselves so that we can live in him. And so the mind then dies out to our, uh, has to make the conscious decision to say, not my will, but thy will be done. It's the dying out in our, it's uh, Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is the thing that will dictate uh, what appropriately dictate what needs to happen, but then it will, God will lead it. If we start on that side, God will lead us into that emotional side. So the things that I do um, allow us to, to be blessed by God because of the established facts that, that we have died out to. And so uh, the Hittite spirit will attack on the opposite side, which are free and life and, and all kinds of the feel good. And it directs our will then to tell us how to think instead of how the other way around. We've got it backwards. And so what ends up happening is the left dictates to the right, and I'm not talking politically, thank God. The left dictates to the right, the creative dictates to the established, and all of a sudden we begin to question all the established truths of of the Word of God because it just doesn't make sense. How many have ever questioned, how does God allow all the bad things to happen in the world? And what that is, is that's coming from an emotional side, and it makes us question the will of God on the, the, the mind side or the thinking side, when in all actuality, the Bible says explicitly that God is good, that God is love, and if God is good and God is love, he's not the one that, it, or, or he's the one that has everything in control, but that's why things, it's not like he's saying, okay, I'm going to put this on you and put this on you and put this on you. That, that's from emotional basis. Instead, we say, okay, he's allowing me to go through this because he's teaching me this. And because he is good, he's going to get me to the other side of whatever I'm dealing with. And because he's going to get me to the other side of whatever I'm going to deal with, he knows what's right. God teach me in this moment of, of struggle. And, and so the Hittite will tell you, well, it's not fair. 
it'll cause you to, to, to question the things of God because uh, if truth produces death, nobody likes to die. Nobody likes to give up their will. I would venture to say that 99.99 repeating percent of people are stubborn. We're all a little stubborn. We're all a little, and some of you are laughing because some of you might be more stubborn than others, but we're all a little stubborn. We're all, we're all, we all have those things that we lock onto, that we hold onto, that, that we, we're, we're, we're not going to let up. And, and because of that, what ends up happening is uh, we don't like to die out to ourselves. We don't like to give up. We don't like to give up our ideas, our will, our, our joys. And, and, but here's the thing that we don't understand is that God doesn't operate that way. God operate, operates first by the thought side that dictates his will, and then his will produces the proper emotion. At the beginning, the Bible says that God, his spirit hovered over the darkness of the deep, and then he spoke in, and then he saw that it was good. Okay, a thought precedes an action, an action produces an emotion. And that principle from the very beginning of time has to carry over into everything that we do. The thought precedes the action or the will, which produces the emotion. If all of us could ever get to the place where we lived our lives from a mindset that his word is true, no matter what is going on around us, it allows us to die out to our will and say, God, your will be done. And when his will begins to be done, what ends up happening then is all of a sudden our emotions will follow. It's the reason why when we begin to worship, all of a sudden we get that feeling or that release, that joy, that peace, that contentment. The reason is, it's not because we're coming to it from an emotional standpoint, but the emotion is the revelation or the release or the expression of the understanding that God is in control became based off of an established truth of the word of God. I find this interesting. And, uh, you know, I teach on the five process, five step process of biblical interpretation, word, verse, chapter, book, Bible, and, and, and go through that process to find out what the scripture said. But there is some principles that I believe that you can take and, and establish some thought processes and one of those that I find interesting is uh, that Hebrew language was written from right to left, where Western is written from left to right. Uh, and so even in the Hebrew language was lit, written from uh, right to left, I believe that God is, wants us to understand his process. It's from right to left and not from, for instance, how many have ever understood that when you look at a map or you look at a globe, the sun comes up on the right and goes down on the left. Comes up in the east, goes down in the west. Uh, just those principles that God has even placed into us from the right to the left. In other words, when you apply some of the principles or the actions that God created, it allows us to see, okay, if God's thinking that, and if the book of Genesis says that we were created in his image, shouldn't we have that kind of mindset? In fact, Paul said it this way, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Think the way Christ thought, and if you'll think the way Christ thought, you'll do the will of Christ, and if you do the will of Christ, you will receive the joy and the emotions of being able to do that, and all of a sudden, 
uh, your worship, your life, your, it, give, it breathes life into you. It bring, brings joy to you. And you become a brand new creature, not because your emotions change, but because your mind changed. And so we have to understand those mindsets or those concepts from the right to the left. The prophets of old tended to be those, the good prophets, there were false prophets, but the, the right prophets in the Old Testament tended to be those that operated on uh, basic biblical truths first, and then they began to speak. And as they began to speak, the things began to be revealed, and it either caused great joy or great consternation, depending on what they were preaching. But they were prophesying on uh, the truth side of things. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, they told what, what thus said the word of the Lord in those days, that day and age. And, and it was always, for the most part, uh, there was always a statement of not condemnation, but of correction that then proceeded and produced uh, a joy and a, re, a, a revelation of who he was, even through all of the different uh, captivities of the Old Testament and things, the prophets would speak out and and say things. Um, in fact, if you read Second Chronicles 18, I won't read it tonight, but there's a conversation that, that takes place between Ahab and Jehoshaphat, and Ahab, and they're wanting to call the prophets. And there was one prophet that was there, his name was Micah, that Ahab did not want to hear. And it explicitly says in Scripture that Ahab told Jehoshaphat, this is the reason why I don't want to hear him, because he never tells me anything good. He never tells me anything that I want to hear. And uh, that's, the pro that's the spirit of the Hittite. The spirit of the Hittite will always tell you what you think you want to hear instead of what you really need to hear. What you need to hear is this is what God is expecting. This is what God wants. And if you'll listen to that and you allow your will to respond to that, you're going to be okay. But if you want to just get what you want, um, it, it may not work out so well for you. So Ahab said, no, I don't want Micah because Micah is not going to tell me what I want to hear. He's going to tell me what is, is truth. So I'm saying all that tonight to say this. Um, emotion is not bad. Emotion is of God. God created it. I'm thankful for emotions. I'm thankful for joy-based joy emotion. I, I don't believe that joy itself is an emotion. It's a state of mind. But happiness and uh, elation and being glad and, and, and being able to express the joy that's in us and feeling good and and just the little bit that we've had to be able to talk with one another tonight and to share this lesson with us tonight. Uh, that is exciting to me to be able to see you and to hear your voices. And, but here, here's the reality of everything is everything that is produced in our emotions, we have to recognize or evaluate where does that emotion, that emotional increase or that emotional level, where does that start from? Is it starting from the, the established truth of the word of God, or is it being spoken by the Hittite spirit that's trying to get you to ignore the established word of God? Because if it can get you to ignore it, then your will is going to be dictated not by what God is saying, but by what you're feeling. And when that begins to take place, then we have uh, issues. Hmm. Um, I, 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 I think it's like this. If you watch documentaries or even commercials um hollywood 
knows how to play on our emotions. And there are people that out of a good intention have made decisions um, and have caused sometimes problems in their lives. Um, for instance, I, you, you know, you have some of the commercials that come on, whether it be feeding the hungry children or saving and rescuing the animals. And the thing that comes in it is it tugs at your heart. And you want to make an emotional, I've sat through conferences and, and conventions where we've had the uh, presentation and you just, you're, you're so moved in that moment and the emotional level of, uh, of being able to support a child or a, a ministry or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you're committing to something based off of the emotion of that moment, even though you really can't afford it. And even though it's really not necessarily a wise thing at that moment in time, was the was the ministry or the, the, the situation worthy? Was it good? Was it, is it needed? Yes. Was it, were they twisting your arm? No, but what ends up happening is, is we have operate, we were operating and making our decisions based off the tugging of our emotions instead of saying, okay, this is what I can do and I'm going to balance that. And if I can do it, then I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to get myself into trouble doing that, which isn't uh, healthy for me because I've got to come from the point or the mindset that God is dictating to the way I think so that I act and release and produce the emotion that God is wanting. Uh, think about it this way. It must have been an extremely exciting day for the Israelites when the walls of Jericho began to shake and come down. I can't imagine what that feeling must have been like when all of a sudden the earth around them started to rumble and, and the walls began to shake and all of a sudden the walls began to, to come down and there was a great shout of praise and a great war cry and a great time of worship, I'm sure. Um, but what preceded that? What preceded that was simply the thing that God said to do this through Joshua. Walk around, don't say anything. Walk around the city one time every day. Don't say, don't even whisper to one another. Don't say any noise. Don't do anything. And it didn't make sense. It wasn't logical. It, it was, but their mindset was, if Joshua said it and God told Joshua, then that's what we're going to do. And so they walked and they walked and they walked. To the seventh day, they walked around without saying anything seven times. And then they shouted and the walls began to come down. Can you imagine what would have happened on the third day if they would have said, this, this, is, this doesn't make sense, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to start talking to my neighbor. I'm going to make my own. What would, have, what would have been the decree from God other than that the walls would not have come down? They wouldn't have been able to celebrate that great victory. So the mindset is this. I don't feel like walking another day and being silent, but my mind is telling me Joshua is correct and God is correct. So I'm going to do it because I know that that's, what's, that's the established directive from the Lord, and it's going to produce a great celebration. Instead of walking around and saying, oh, this doesn't make sense. I'm so, my feet hurt. I feel like talking. I, you know, some of you that like to talk all the time, you would have been miserable for those seven days. And, and, and so, but, but their emotion would have been, this is just ridiculous. I'm, I'm done. Well, if that would have been that way for that moment of time, they would have felt better because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. But in that moment of time, they were also denying themselves the victory or the celebration. So tonight I want to challenge you to come against the spirit of the Hittite 
come against the spirit of that which is trying to get into your emotional base because your emotional base is of God. It's powerful. It's anointed. But it's got to be anointed and powerful based off of the established word of God by the transformation of your mind that will allow your will to do what God says to do. And when God says to do it, then all of a sudden it's going to be powerful and you're going to be able to uh, rejoice in the victories that God has. There are things that are happening all around the world, not just with this virus and the economy and all of the things that are, are, are going on in the world. It can get overwhelming emotionally. Can I just tell you, it's, it has blown my mind because um, what we don't understand, what we haven't necessarily recognized, we talked a little bit when we met with uh, the praise team last week and we made the statement, but in all of the things that we've done, we've literally actually only missed two services, Sunday and tonight. Now we missed a college class and the chain breakers, but last Wednesday night was an unscheduled, we didn't have anything scheduled. So, and we had church the Sunday before. So we've missed two services and it seems emotionally, it seems like we've been gone for two months and we haven't been together for two months. And so emotionally it can tell us, it can drain us. It can push us down. And the challenge is not to manufacture feeling better, the way to accomplish this is to think better. Think this is an opportunity for me to draw closer to God. Uh, I, I preached a couple of weeks ago, isolation always precedes presentation. And I found it interesting. Um, one of my, our pastor friends, uh, Pastor Suber posted today that God is getting ready to represent the church. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that God is taking this time, this season, while it feels rough and it feels restrictive and it feels that it's, it's cutting us off, it's, it's hindering everything that we were trying to do, I will say this, um, the feelings are real and the feelings are rough. And as we go forward, those that are dealing on economical levels, the feelings will even grow greater. Uh, the stress we've, we've laid off at our, our place businesses all around the, the community are questioning how to operate and how to move forward. And, and the politicians are trying to figure things out. And the medical field is trying to figure things out. And emotionally, it can be very draining, very tiring. But that's when our mind has to be, here's, here's the principle. The word of God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The word of God says, I am the great shepherd. The word of God says that I, Jehovah, am your provider. The, the Bible says that uh, uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out casting uh, or bread, casting for bread. I, I, the Bible says that he is the light and the life. The Bible says that he is the first, the last, the beginning, the end, that which was and is and is to come. The Bible says that he is the one that controls all things. He sets up things. He puts things down. He's the one that allows things. Uh, I can get, um, even as I'm talking this and saying this, I can feel my emotional level lifting because I'm addressing it from the mindset of what the established truth is, the established word of God is, and my emotions get lifted and I look at things in a better light because, not because I feel better, but because I think better. And when I think better, then I will eventually feel better. It's the reason why Paul said in Philippians 4 to think on these things. 
that which is good, pure, righteous, and, and, and all of those other things that he lists there of good report. Because Paul understood the soul issue. He understood the battle between the emotions and the mind would dictate what your will does. That's why when you read Romans in his letter to the Roman church, that battle that goes on between the emotional side of his brain and the, and the thinking side of his brain, and that battle that go, he understood that. And yet he said this, I know how to both be abased and how to abound. I'm content with whatsoever I have. In this season, it, it's hard to be content with not being able to go where we're used to going, gathering where we're used to gathering, being together when we're used to being together. But as long as our mindset is in this moment, in this season, God, help me to see what you're doing behind the scenes. Help me to hear your voice in this day. Then when God begins to do it, it's going to seem even more powerful. It's going to be more uh, anointed, if you will, because our emotional level will be at the place where it can accept what God is doing. Every church around the world is having to ask itself, are we so confined with our emotional-based relationship with God that we're up and down hills and valleys and we all have them to a certain extent, but God, I think, is trying to challenge us to change the paradigm of how we look at things. God is true. God is righteous. God is a promise giver and a promise keeper, and God knows exactly where we're at, whether it be financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, where our families are, what's going on, and so our challenge tonight is not to get swallowed up by the Hittite spirit that will mess with your emotion, that will tell you that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't care, that I don't understand this, I don't understand that. It's the time, the, the way that the Hittite uh, spirit is destroyed is when we become people that think from the right side first. We think from the mind side first. We think of the established truth of God's word. I stand, there's an old song that used to say, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. I stand on his word tonight. I stand on his truth tonight. I stand on his promises tonight. I know who he is. I'm going to follow after him. I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. And in this season, I want to challenge each of you, whether it be in your families, whether it be on your own individually, whether it be in uh, a small group setting, uh, as we go through this and we grow our technological base uh, at Spirit of Grace Church. And we, we, you know, this is, we've wanted to do some of these things for a long time and now out of necessity, we're doing them. And uh, being able to supply some of this online and things of that nature, we're getting to that place. I will tell you that uh, Destiny Ministries has been a great resource for us. And uh, um, they're posting all of the time of different ideas, and different things that we can do, and, and not all of their ideas meet where we're at and, and what we need, but there's so many out there that, that we're going to come through this, and it's going to be a powerful testimony to the, the, the power and the anointing of God. So tonight, what I want to do is, in this last couple minutes is if you would just, in your own way, whether it be closing your eyes, even raising your hands, however it is, just reach out to him for just a minute. 
Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would just allow the power and the presence of the Almighty God to settle into our spirit right now. I'm asking you to let the peace that passes all understanding uh, walk into every corner of our heart and our mind. Lord, help us to be right thinkers. Help us to stand on your word and let your word direct our will so that our emotions and the emotional side of us that you created can be in the emotion that you want us to be, an emotion of rejoicing. Your word says to rejoice evermore. Lord, to be a grateful heart in everything, give thanks. Lord, we want to be what you want us to be. In this season, teach us. Lord, while we're separated by space, help us to be united in spirit. Help us, Lord God, to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And allow us, O God, to become one.